You're listening to episode five. As we continue to push these episodes out bi-weekly, we are starting to experiment with our new format of one main subject episode at the beginning of the month, and our second being our normal round of recommendations, as well as a movie-driven conversation. As always, follow us on Instagram, leave us some feedback online, and enjoy the show. Hey, you're listening to episode number five. In this episode, we have our usual round of recommendations, as well as a special interview with the Bay Area filmmaker and a longtime friend of the show. In this episode, I'm joined with Michael, Tyler, and Matt. Hello. Hola. Hey, what's up, guys? Hello. To start off our round of recommendations, I'll kick it over to Tyler. Uh, I don't know if I have anything too too much for recommendations. Um, anything. Movies, music. We just talked anything, anything that watches. you can recommend. Even like if you're recommending okay. a double double, doesn't matter. Anything. Um, anything new from Taco Bell? No, they took away half their menu. Yeah, exactly. Really? We could we can go on for days about that. Yeah, I went to I went there the other day to get a yeah, I went to get a triple A or nacho and they were like, Nope, can't do it. Oh. And I'm like, But you got all the ingredients, right? <laughs> they seriously <laughs> said no. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> like Yeah, like no, no sorry, we know it's not on our should menu. be like lady or man, it's just a tortilla. It's just cheese and meat, please. Um, yeah, no, not much for recommendations. I haven't watched too much, been, uh, working a lot, but what I did watch recently, I watched, uh, Happy Death Day for the first time and it wasn't that spectacular. Uh, I wasn't expecting much out of it to begin with, but yeah, I just found myself getting irritated with it. Uh, yeah, it wasn't that great. It's in like a, a groundhog day but horror yeah but so it's like uh she starts the day i i did miss the very beginning of it there you go that's why you don't get it maybe the first like two or three minutes of it so maybe that's why i didn't like it so much um but yeah i I didn't miss too much of it but uh yeah every day she lives the same day and it's the same person that comes to kill her every day uh and by the end of the day she's dead she wakes up in the same situation so it's just her going through that and then kind of losing her mind through it and then getting her confidence through it and then being able to like break the cycle of it. Uh, but I just like towards the end of it, it was just like, I just kind of wanted it to be like, you know, all right, find the killer. I'm tired of seeing you wake up in the same spot. But it was, uh, I don't know, it was interesting. It kept my interest, but it wasn't, I don't know that I'd necessarily recommend it. Was that a Blumhouse movie? I, I think it is. Um, I'm pretty sure it is. I looked I looked at it on Letterboxd, and I I think the second one has better <laughs> reviews than the first one, which is weird. Oh, wow. So I'll probably watch that. Uh, I did watch Teen Wolf uh, the other day. I don't oh, know if nice. I talked about it last. A TV time. show. <laughs> no, yeah, not the TV, the TV show. show. <laughs> uh, yeah, I watched Teen Wolf, and 
it's been so long since I've seen that movie that you really have to kind of like put a lot of uh, belief to the side. So like just the example of it, I'm sure everybody's seen it. And if you haven't seen it by now and I'm spoiling anything for you, like it's been out for a very long time. Uh, yeah, but, like, but, I mean, the movie, like, you know, they're playing basketball. He turns into a wolf and he breaks out of a huddle and everyone's just kind of staring at him. And then he's just like, uh, you know, doesn't know what to do. So he just starts like slowly dribbling and like trying to play basketball. And then like everyone's <laughs> like, all right, let's do this. I don't know. It's a fun so It's watch. like a, it's like a teenager movie. It's like, oh no, I'm going through puberty. This is all embarrassing. And I'm a werewolf. What's <laughs> exactly. Going on? Yeah. Like what else can go wrong? I'm a werewolf. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It, it like it's fun to watch. I've been on a kick for like an eighty movie, eighties movies kick, and I've been watching mainly comedies. Some ones that I would probably recommend would be uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I watched that with John Candy and uh, uh, Steve Martin. That one's probably been remade or knocked off 150 times. Uh, I actually heard that they're going to remake it again right now. Aren't they like talking about like a Kevin Hart remake or something? That's Kevin what I heard. I, I, fr- I barely remember <laughs> hearing about that, so I don't know anything about it. But uh, that I have heard that. Like they just did it with due date i don't see why you do it again like it follows follows the story along almost identically yeah uh, john candy just has such a better performance than zach Galifianakis, <laughs> right yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. and uh same with same with uh steve martin's um there's a scene in due date where uh robert downey jr blows up as out galifianakis and the steve martin version is so much better um, he just goes off on John Candy and just tells him how horrible of a person he is. And like, you just feel so bad for John Candy. But in uh, in Due Date, you don't feel bad for Zach, whatever his name is, <laughs> Zach Galifianakis. You don't feel bad for him because he's just ridiculous the whole entire time. Like he's rubbing his belly on people's faces and stuff. What other ones did I watch? Oh, I recent, recently saw for the first time raising arizona which Ooh, oh my goodness like immediately you know jumped up into my top 10 immediately um i don't know why it took me so long to to watch that considering i'm a huge nicholas cage fan favorite scene probably from that is john goodman um screaming at the top of his lungs while coming out of the hole he uh turns around and he reaches down and back in the hole and he grabs a foot and he pulls a full man out of the hole as well the movie's just hilarious there's a part where nick i'm just gonna give away a slight detail nick cage uh gets launched through a car window and he he immediately stands up turns around and says thank you to the driver. It's just, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. I also saw a uh, Gene Wilder film called The Woman in The Woman in the Red Dress, and that one was really funny too. I recommend that. I've been streaming through HBO Max, so if you want to check those out. I need to get HBO Max. They have like Studio Ghibli, Studio Ghibli movies, however you want to pronounce it. Yeah, they do. And they have TCM too. Turn up, 
Turner Classic. That and they have a lot of the Criterion Channel. Oh, really? Yeah, because a lot of them are on TCM, oh, and you cool. like when the movie starts, it says Criterion. Oh, people need to get HBO Max then if they don't want Criterion Channel. Yeah, because I'm paying like fifteen bucks a month. For I don't think it. I don't think it has it everything. Now. It just has. A few things here and there. A lot of them. Yeah, and most of them are the ones that are going to be like the really popular movies, like Criterion. You're going to be able to find a lot of hidden gems and like. Yeah, yeah, I've seen quite a few movies through that. It's pretty, pretty good uh, streaming service if you like watching movies. It's definitely like a film buff kind of streaming service, not for everyone. So, since I haven't really been watching much, the only thing I can really say is Avatar. I've been watching or re-watching Avatar again, and that show is amazing. Like, not the blue people Avatar, like the actual Avatar with the Earthbender, <laughs> Aang, and not the movie, because that thing is horrible. i seen that in theaters, and I wanted to walk away so bad. Like, I just stuck through it. As soon as they said his name, Ong, I was like, yeah, this is, this is not good. This is terrible. And all the... Yeah, I went to the midnight showing for that. Oh, no, you had to stay up for that? <laughs> yeah oh. i stayed up for that i'm so I, sorry you would not believe how many people or maybe you would believe it but there were so many people there which that you can tell shave their head just for this oh, no. Oh, no. blue arrow on their head and i like just from the one showing there was at least like 15 to 20 people with shaved heads and blue arrows on their head oh no <laughs> were that very sucks. disappointed walking away that night Dude, is that, that was, the, is, I, that, is yeah. that the movie that ended midnight showings Maybe, because that was horrible. Like, I wanted to walk away so bad, but I was with a group of friends, and we were so excited because we loved that show. And it was everything that you, like, really hoped. It was just destroyed. I don't even know what to say about it. But anyway, the TV show, the cartoon, is a lot better. A lot of people say it's like, eh, it's a kid's uh, show. Don't watch it. It's whatever. It's animated. But nah, that's like, it's very adult theme. They, They talk about, like, politics and death and love and all that so i'm in like in the second season and i forgot how funny that show is like every episode has me cracking and laughing i rem- uh i recently watched obviously season two the the lover's cave i don't know if you guys remember that with the two uh blind mole badgers i don't know their animals are kind of weird where they have to go through the cave and there's like these like uh these nomads that are singing songs and s- uh, Sokka's annoyed by it and all that. And the entire time, that episode's like hilarious. Got me laughing. That's a good good, good show. I, I recommend everyone to watch it. Like, I, People should just put down like, uh, Tyra Keane and whatever and just start watching that. It's good stuff. Just like Clone Wars. Another kid's show that people just put, just like forget about and don't want to watch because, you know, it has that bad stigma of kid's show. Why would I spend my time for, with this? Are you interested in the live action remake Netflix is looking uh, at doing? No, I I did at first. You were interested, but I was. But the main people mm-hmm. were the showrunners and the producers. They're the ones who created the first the the TV show Avatar. What guy's name? It's like Michael something, and I forget the other guy's name. I need to check it out. But uh, they recently just left for creative differences. So I feel like it's gonna be a very bad show if Netflix is just like, "Yep, go ahead, we're still gonna do this." Yeah, I don't, I have no hopes for it whatsoever, especially since the creators left the the Netflix show. What else? What else was I watching? Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. 
by uh, Edgar Wright. And the reason why I watch this because this year's its 10th year anniversary. And that movie's amazing. And Edgar Wright's such a good director. He, he's like one of the few directors that knows how to play with the camera, with his like soundtrack, the editing, the angles, even throughout the entire movie. I think it's a comic book, right? It's a it's based on yeah well on a it's comic book yeah more of like a, I don't know if you'd want to consider it like a manga or or what but yeah it's kind of like along those lines graphic novel whatever you want to call it yeah I don't really uh, I haven't read the source material or anything but he throws in onomatopoeias here and there and the framing of like comic books it like works out well especially compared to like DC and Marvel comic movies they're just bland there's like no color and no pizzazz the comics are kind of set up that way too um i haven't read all of them i've just read like little bits of it but it's kind of like that like they really lean into it being like very much a comic book world whereas like marvel in like dc you have superheroes but they try to leave a serious tone generally whereas this one just leans into the fact that it's a comic book i think on youtube edgar wright got everyone back together and they did mm-hmm. a uh, what is it uh, table read yeah yeah that thing which that's pretty impressive because that has that cast is loaded with people yeah, that really. went on to be you know like a-list a-listers like oh yeah half of them are avengers yeah captain america's in there yeah. and uh captain america and captain marvel. marvel and captain marvel yeah it's weird they went from like a pretty cool comic book movie to like a somewhat boring comic book movies now even though they're a-listers now i prefer the scott program world a lot more um as for me i i've been streaming a few things not really watching a whole lot um i started watching king of the hill a lot um, (laughs) thanks to tyler and michael Uh, (laughs) but other than that i watched um one day i was browsing uh hbo i had taco bell and i was uh deciding whether i should uh, watch the phantom menace and then continue on from then on but i ended up watching american pickle and then i watched idiocracy nice so um <laughs> if you want to find out more about those you can follow me on letterboxd at both, of, both nice, of those nice just got nice added to hbo max right yeah both of them and then uh, so other than that i did watch the phantom menace then i went on to attack of the clones mm. then i went on to revenge of the sith and uh that's about it On today's episode, we had the pleasure of interviewing John Warfield Harrison. John is a Bay Area filmmaker who just released his trailer for his new film, My Own Mecca, that's already gotten some great feedback on social media and some love from some big names. John is joined with Shanae, his roommate, and also a longtime friend of ours. Go, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Uh, my name is John Warfield Harrison. And uh, I'm Shanite. <laughs> <laughs> so mysterious, one name, no last name. I don't All have right. a last name. Can't be found. Yeah. All right, so the first question is, who are you? What, what defines you and what drives you to do what you guys do? What drives me to do what I do? Um, I don't know. It's uh, 
add some variety in my life, I guess. If I find myself doing like, I don't know, one thing, one certain thing every single day, I just feel like I'm not uh, living to my best potentials, you, you can say. So, you know, every day I try to find that, that differentiation between like the things I'm doing and the things I like want to do. So yeah, that, that's what gets me going every day. What about you, John? <laughs> yeah, prospect getting coffee every day. Yeah. Oh, hey, I know that. Uh, I'm a filmmaker from the Bay Area. I recently graduated from uh, San Francisco State University last year. And uh, what drives me to do what I want to do is uh, I watched a lot of movies growing up and like in specific Children of Men and Blood Diamond show me that there's like real shit going on in the world. So like that kind of inspired me to like dive deeper into cinema and like I kind of want to like give back to others what cinema gave to me. So like give them movies that they connect with and like kind of further deepen like humanity and the connection we all have with each other. So drives me to do it. Try at least. <laughs> yeah, I think we can all agree with that one. Yeah. Instead of being like blockbuster popcorn, it's more like art. There's yeah. like a special meaning behind a scene and a, a quote or anything like that. Both of you are pretty big in the film photography scene. Um, do you want to talk about your photo book, John? Oh, damn. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> so I moved to San Francisco like three years ago and like it took a little bit to get used to it because it felt very different from the rest of the Bay Area because of like gentrification and everything <laughs> like that. But like I found like a lot of love and community out in the mission. So like started taking hella photos and I was going to make like a book about the mission, but like it didn't feel like my place because I wasn't really from there or anything like that. But like a lot of people gave me support about it. So I decided to like, make a book of San Francisco for people who like want to come and visit it, but also a book for people who live there. So it could kind of give like a somewhat neutral perspective for everybody to like enjoy and find like, um, yeah, just find interest in everything there. A little bit of something for everybody. So that's kind of like my perspective being like an outsider coming in and falling in love with it. And, just trying to get back to the community. I always thought you were like a native. That's what it seemed like. So I know. You've been, like, you've been there forever. They're like, bro, I thought you were from the mission. I was like, nah. No, I'm just here. <laughs> just, yeah, every day. Yeah. Where my feels at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> John, I got to ask you, because uh, I got your book right here. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, on the second, or was it fourth page? Um, you got a photo in here of La Taqueria. What, what's your go-to item? for Ooh. for taco the taqueria i i get the burrito usually to be real i get the burrito <laughs> with, i get the super burrito with carnitas but no uh no sour cream i can't do that nice <laughs> now the Same next here. now the next big question is regular or crispy Ooh. Ooh. Shit, dude i didn't know you could do a, like crispy uh, <laughs> okay I'm, I'm telling you i'm telling you right now next time you go there ask you for your burrito to be crispy I always got to shout them out. My, uh, my, my boy Ralph works at the, uh, they actually opened up one in uh, Turlock. His family owns it out in San Francisco. So we used to, we used to go out there all the time, but uh, 
that's uh that's how i knew about the crispy one he was like hey get it crispy i'm like what the hell is that and he's like don't don't worry about it just get it crispy <laughs> remember how i said i'm in the mission every day like now i got another reason to be back there today there you go <laughs> <laughs> you had it right tonight you were there with us at the yeah, yeah. one yeah oh yeah yeah Shanai went to the turlock one with us yeah yeah that was that's beautiful uh, yeah too. shout out the turlock one they have insane portions they're uh you got they got a drive-through so covid friendly oh yeah <laughs> they, they got they got a drive-through people Taqueria. that work there awesome ralph's mom's dope yeah he, i really don't like salsa on my burrito but he got me to try the the green salsa oh my god that thing's so oh yeah good. that's that green sauce is great stuff let me tell you <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> you, know, you know, no, yeah oh, for real that stuff's so it good. does numbers yeah, yo, those numbers. No lie, tonight <laughs> when he eats that green salsa, you just start sweating bullets. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I know. But he had like a little drop last time, and he's like, "Is it hot here? I gotta take off my sweater. I gotta take off my pants, <laughs> dude." Yeah, I don't know, man. That... I'm pretty sure I got a photo of him sitting there sweating somewhere. Yeah. I don't know what's. Framed. I don't know what it is. I I used to be able to handle hot foods, like fine. And then somewhere along the way, just I don't know. I, I kind of like lost that. <laughs> oh man, it's all right. It's good. Uh, so tonight, oh. you want to talk about palate, your zine? Oh, our palate. Um, yeah, sure. Um, what was the idea behind it? What <laughs> What is it to people that haven't seen it? Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, yeah. For those who don't know, uh, I released a zine around like September of last year. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. like September last year. Um, it was uh, my first zine that I ever did. And when I got into like film photography like five years ago, something like that, um, I always wanted to like create something that could like hold in my hand, knowing that I did all the process, follow the steps from like one to like wherever I need to be. So yeah. Um, and then when it came down to it, I was, you know, looking through my... Uh, photos of whatever I had and I just gather gathered a bunch of photos and then these photos uh, specifically for palette I you know I tried to find like a common theme throughout uh, all the photos and and first thing I noticed right away was like the uh, all the different colors that were on each photo so going off of that um, I, I knew I wanted to have it like color theme, but I just don't know how to go about it. And that's when I reached out to you, Alex, uh, I hit you up and then you suggested some things and I was like, yeah, I'm down for it. So palette was not something I expect to like more or less blow up as a way it did. Like I'm super grateful, like the way how people were uh, receiving it. So I'm thankful for all of you who picked up a copy or so. so. Yeah, the thing sold out quick <laughs> yeah it's yeah insane. it was because i um because i run the website for it and so like you know i run uh, slow secrets um but and that's where we sell like all of our zines and everything uh and i'm telling you once i posted that within the first hour there was like i don't know it, there was only like three left uh and we sold out wow. within like the first maybe like four or five hours of it being posted uh it, yeah that was wild and then like Michael and I both have zines on there and they've been on there since day one. And I think I've sold like two of them. Uh, so like whenever we posted that one and they all just like flew off, the, uh, you know, out of the website. And so that, that was cool to see. Uh, I mean, people love your photos and they want, they want to get those hands on, like you were saying. So it was cool to see that 
uh, for something we, you know, cause like you, you obviously shot all the photos. Alex did a lot with like the designing and then, you know, I printed and bound them and everything. Uh, and so it was cool to see that, co you know, collaboration, you know, fly off the shelf the way it did. I think I'm going to change mine, Zine, and have it say by Shanite so you can fly off the shelf. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> okay, real quick. Uh, Shanite, follow-up question. Yeah. What's Has up? the sticker fame gone to your head? <laughs> uh, dude. Uh, uh, yes, it has. You know, I need – I mean, the sticker, man. I mean, <laughs> what people need to know about this sticker is that it all started as – one huge joke we never meant to like for it to blow up as it did one day i was hanging out with alex and he's like hey Shanoi, send me a picture of you so i could make you into our cartoon <laughs> i was like uh all right so i did that and like i don't know like a couple weeks later alex like showed me this like cartoon that he legit made from a photo of me and i was like oh dude that's sick and then um somewhere along the lines we were like yeah that's, i'm gonna make you a sticker i'm like oh okay and then, um, yeah, one random day I get like a tag in this video or like this photo that I see. And then surely enough, I see like stickers of me <laughs> made by Alex. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, finally, this will actually did it. They were all over Modesto. I'm pretty sure they're hidden somewhere. We have some in Boston yeah. as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's some in Boston. Boston. Yeah, there's, dude, there's, yeah, there's some out here in the city too. There's, yeah, some in Frisco. I think yeah. there's one in... LA or a couple in yeah, LA? Yeah, a couple in LA. Yeah, you're everywhere, man. You're nationwide. Yeah. 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 No <laughs> lie, my inbox is blown up asking for the stickers. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shanae yeah. should have them pretty soon. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's more. <laughs> oh, yeah. For those who don't know, a lot more are coming. So. I bet John's like, all right, time to see some of uh, my own Mecca emails. Shanae sticker, <laughs> Shanae sticker, Shanae sticker. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Okay, so John, do you want to talk about uh, briefly, like, what is my own mecca? So, how does it feel to have like the backing of a Barry Jenkins and a David Diggs and a lot yeah. of those people that you that might look up to? All of it's been pretty wild. Like, it's just like a testament to what you can do through like social media compared to like what you weren't able to do when it wasn't there. You know what I mean? Like all these like people are like arms reach and stuff like that and like i reached out to like other people i haven't really like posted none of it because i'm just like not trying to like really be like sharing like dms and shit like that but like, name dropping like, uh, emmanuel lubetsky has like watched the trailer and shit like that and like that's like blown my mind so seeing all that stuff it's just like it just makes you realize everybody's like we're all just like human at the end of the day i'm like anything you want to do is like reachable mm -hmm. and obviously there's stuff that can get in the way of that but if you like persevere to do it all you know, reach these heights yeah <laughs> yeah that's awesome but yeah we uh i have talked to like barry a couple times on um twitter over the past like five years because i tried to make a short in antioch with this guy and it kind of fell apart and my hard drive broke and i lost a lot of footage but i had like one clip and a couple images so, like, I showed it to Barry, and I was just like, bro, like, I don't like how this looks, yada, yada. And he's like, oh, you got to go in and edit it, and you can make it look good. A lot of, like, features look like this. So I was like, word. And that kind of, like, inspired me to go to film school to, like, learn how to shoot on, like, 16 millimeter, like, nice. motion picture film. So I wanted to learn that and go back and shoot that Antioch film, but, like, 
being in the East Bay, this stuff happened, and that kind of like inspired me to write my own echo. And I was able to achieve this look I wanted to do. But not only that, we like really pushed the marketing and like he's kind of liked my tweets here and there. So I think I was like kind of familiar to him. So I think seeing like me still being at it four years later and seeing like we have this big old website and all this shit going on, I feel like that might have inspired him to like throw support. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's dope. Uh, any big um, Bay Area names that could be featured on the soundtrack? Oh, yeah, actually. Dude, that the... soundtrack's great. I want to know who would, who did it. For the trailer, that was actually from a Bill Street Could Talk. That was a, a gape or agape by uh, Nicholas uh, Bertel. He did the score for that in Moonlight. So we kind of just hijacked that, to be real. <laughs> <laughs> it's still pretty good. I, I love that soundtrack. Thank you. But uh, we actually do have three big names in the movie. Uh, we pulled up to Dope Era, and Mr. Fab was down to let us use his song in it. So we have that in there. Um, I reached out to Rex Life Raj. He's from uh, Berkeley. I reached out to him on Twitter. He's like, yeah, bro, it's good. You could use it. So that's in there. And uh, I met this super dope uh, jazz musician. He was signed to Blue Note. His name is Ambrose Akinluzire. And he let us use his uh, a song from one of his albums throughout the whole movie. So it has the same feel as like a, a gape. So I think you guys will dig it. Sweet. So it's a lot of local people who worked on it, right? All local? Yeah, damn near all local or everybody like living here at least. But yeah, everybody's like based out this way. That was super dope to be able to like yeah. give everybody that type of like platform. Just a quick side thought. Um, I found out today from my cousin, shouts out to my cousin, that uh, E40 has a Lumpia shop in the city. What the heck? I don't think it's What's it called again? Uh, I forgot what it's called. Ah, uh, man. It's probably some like. I followed though. Ooh. So you guys Ooh. are aware of it? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably called Ooh. Doing with the spoon. Doing with the spoon. Ooh. It probably is called Ooh. Yeah, I know, right? Just hello. <laughs> He's like. Gonna come to my Lupia shop? Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Because everybody got choices. Uh, it looks fine. You guys DoorDash? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So going off of that also, you you know that song. Um he says, Yoda, yep, Star Wars no. Do you agree with that? Ooh. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't oh. know that one. He says <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> That is a deep cut. He says, Yoda, yep. I, I agree with that. Nope. I definitely agree with that. <laughs> I mean, does he only mess with Yoda and not, or just Yoda and not Star Wars? Yeah. He probably saw the new sequel and was like, nah, man. Yeah, I maybe he's like a prequel <laughs> hater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like, uh -uh, I'm out. I'm going to be real. I'm a Star Trek dude. Oh, no. Hey. <laughs> All right, end of, end of uh, interview. The like, TV show. <laughs> TV, yeah. Have you seen the cartoon? There's like a new animated uh, show. It is good. Uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm a Star Wars guy, not Star Trek. Ooh, Matt, you have anything to say about that? Out yet? Yeah, I think it is out. I seen like YouTube yeah. ads playing like half episodes and all that. Mm. Well, what is it? I think it was Matt that was saying the the main character, his backstory is from he's from Modesto. Hey. Yeah, that's the crazy part. Yeah, uh, I was watching yeah. a clip and one of the 
it was uh, it was an episode on YouTube, like an ad, and they said you're from Modesto and blah blah blah. And I was like, Matt's right. He's totally. Go right. ahead, Matt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think they were trying to go with like, you know, all the major captains are from like podunk towns uh, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so they're like, oh yeah, the a couple of our writers are from Modesto and they know how how small and you know. It's just like that Kansas town that, <laughs> wow. you know, the other captain's from or whatever. Hey, Shania, how does it feel to be from a podunk town, uh, from a podunk town to uh, to SF, big city? Big change? Oh, like a, well, I mean. From a yeah. Kansas city to a big city. <laughs> well, I mean, like, moving to a bigger city definitely, like, opened my eyes to a lot of aspects out here um you know i've met a, a lot of great people that are able to like show me to view things in a different way and um and because of that ever since every time i come back to modesto i'll use those teachings and look and look at modesto in a different way so lately i find myself like actually bouncing back and forth between here and uh, uh modesto well because you know all my parents are out there you guys are out there so it makes sense to cut makes sense just to like tra travel back and forth but um as far as like i don't know moving from a smaller city to a big city um it all kind of kind of just feels the same no matter what at the end of the day you're you know just sitting down and realizing you're not much has changed you know? that's kind of how i feel about it you know i don't know i don't know how to explain it it's weird you still feel like it's like home and with like all the friends you've made and everything like that yeah 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 i definitely consider uh frisco home uh yeah yeah i don't know it, it, it's just over the past few years it's, it's just made a huge impact on me that i can't use the words to describe how the bay area has treated me over the years so forever i am like grateful with moving out here so oh, that's cool yeah. John, do you feel the same way? And does that relate to the title of your photo book? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty spot on. I feel the exact same way. Like moving over here, like I learned a lot of stuff that the East Bay still really hasn't caught up on, which yeah. kind of inspired my own mecca and the photo book as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm just forever grateful to like all the friends and people I've come across being in the city. Like it's mainly like being out here for almost four years like feels like i've reached the same amount of growth i've got from living in antioch for like 23 years like i almost feel like the exact same like that's how much like being in the city has like impacted me so you want to give us a little bit from my own mecca oh yeah yeah what do you guys want to hear um, just a little bit of uh, what, what do you want to say to your audience? Um, just a little bit further, pushing it a little bit further from just the trailer. My own Mecca is a story of a young man, Dre, and his relationship with his vessel. We learn how he must contort into different versions of himself in order to navigate through his world. The plot follows Dre living his day-to-day -day life in Oakland, California. Dre and his wife, Vanessa, are soon to be moving out to a new location but are struggling to find the right spot due to the high rent in the Bay Area. And um, yeah, basically the film was, uh, 
it kind of spawned from me living in the city and bouncing back and forth between like the East Bay, like going back to Antioch and Oakland and just seeing like kind of the East Bay almost feels like the wild, wild west. And like, I got so much love for the East Bay, but like Same. it can be pretty sketchy out there if you're not like paying attention. And I kind of ran into a few things and like I came back to the city and was able to like freely walk the streets without having to like look over my shoulder anymore. So I went to work and told my homie about my experiences and he was just like, dang, I didn't know that still happened in the East Bay. <laughs> I was just like, bruh, it's like every day out there. <laughs> so that kind of inspired me to be to like tell a story about the East Bay because like at the time when I was thinking about it, like all there really was was like Fruitvale and Kicks and I was just like, like those are dope ass movies, but I was like, yo, like I don't see any short films being made like that. So that inspired me to write it. And then I met up with uh, Alba. She directed it and helped me write it as well. So we we're like just really working on it and everything. And then like Blind Spotting was released and that like hella inspired us and motivated us. Cause that was just like everything we wanted to do, but in a short film. So like that kind of like hyped us up and that's where you could kind of see that like connection on Instagram right now with David and Rafael yeah. showing love. Yeah, I thought Kicks was uh, such a great representation of like the Bay Area, as yeah. well as uh, Fruitvale and Blind Spotting. But yeah, if you have me some questions, I could think of something. My brain is kind of like drawing blanks right uh, we now. We could take some questions from our uh, Instagram. Weird. If you guys uh, ever want to hit us up with some questions to be asked onto the shows, um, you can follow us at Take Me to Your Theater on Instagram. So we got a couple. Do the questions have to be like movie based for you to? No, it could be it could be anything. Anything. You could talk so, about Dragon Ball Z if you want. Really? Oh, word. <laughs> so, um, our first one's from uh, ASAP Aiden one one four. He wants to know what movie did you watch that made you into a movie person? Oh shit! Is this one for me? We'll go. Yeah, yeah we'll go. We'll, John, tonight, yeah. Tyler. We'll keep it quick. Yeah, just everyone. Okay. It would be three. I, I kind of like all rewatch them at the same time. Be Drive, The Shining, and Children of Men, oh and watching God. the way the camera moved in all of those films inspired me to become a cinematographer. Damn, those are some fatty pics. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Especially Children of Men, those long takes are are insane. Oh, and the yeah. one in the in the car, where it just like goes in a circle. Facts. Tonight, your turn. Oh man. Huh? I don't know. I don't really consider myself a movie person, but I do enjoy movies, I guess. Okay, what's your uh, what's your favorite movie? Yes. Yeah, you're on the wrong podcast. <laughs> yeah. Kicked out already. <laughs> um, um, I'd say The Revenant. Um, up until like up until that point, I've never seen a movie of that caliber. Oh my gosh, man. Just the, uh, the the scenes are incredible, and from what John was telling me, they were using they used all natural lighting in that movie except one scene. Except one scene. Nice. And after like what a two hour movie, three hour movie? It, so long. It, yeah, it's it's entertaining enough. Where, oh man, that movie. Mwah. That's all I got. <laughs> Didn't uh, Leo won his first Oscar because of that, or something? Like yeah, that? dude, it took him getting mauled by a bear to have him win an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tyler. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I can't think of any one particular movie that really got me like into movies, but for me, I've always been a big fan of practical effects. And I think that stems from like being a kid and like loving uh, like the Muppets or like Jim Henson movies, like uh, the Labyrinth or the Dark Crystal, mostly the Labyrinth, but uh, I absolutely love those movies. Uh, and I think like those practical effects of like the, the puppetry or like whatever it is that they use kind of led me into more of interest of those kinds of things. And then <clears throat> I think that specifically is what helped me really, uh, really find my way into liking like those B movie, like horror movies, like, uh, um, like evil dead or like dead alive, uh, things like that, where they use, you know, just, just the practical effects in general. And then even watching like the older, like star Wars movies and figuring out how did they make it look that way? Uh, just from, you know, the effects they were using it. Cause, uh, I mean, there wasn't, you know, you didn't have CGI and you didn't have all these things that we we have now where you can make a movie fully on a computer, um, you know, and the, the, what's shot on the actual movies, whatever, but you can, you can make it into absolutely anything you want these days. Uh, but I think that's what kind of got me into it is just like the production behind it and how they made these things the way they are. But yeah, I mean, I guess it all kind of kicks back to like, those early Jim Henson movies that kind of made me interested in what's behind the movie. Go ahead, Matt. Um, we were talking about this earlier, but I would probably go with um, Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf. Um, I saw that and I was like, this movie, this movie's a lot of fun. I really like it. It's a, it's a cool thriller. And then my dad was telling me that it's based off of, or it's, you know, you know, pretty much Rear Window from Alfred Hitchcock. So I went and I checked that out and fell, absolutely fell in love with that when watched his other films. I, early on, I kind of stuck with his horror or like thriller films and, um, you know, cause he has like North by Northwest I didn't see until I was much older, which was probably a good thing. Cause I, then I actually, you know, appreciate it a lot more. But then another movie I would, I would think would be Silence of the Lambs is another one that um, really made me appreciate movies. I think I saw that right after I saw something on TV where it like explained camera angles or something like that. So when it, it was one of the first movies I went in watching that movie and I was thinking about the camera angles. And so like every time they show Hannibal Lecter, it's always a shot, you know, from underneath to make him look like like a god or he's like powerful or all you know you know bigger than life so just watching that it really made me give gave me an appreciation for it and it um gave me a it, it you know gave me an insight on a different kind of storytelling like us like there there's obviously the plot that we're you know giving you know, being force fed or whatever, but there's also the stuff in the background. There's also the, how the camera moves and that, all that stuff is also a storytelling device that, you know, um, once I pick that up, like movies just, you know, it's a whole new world, you know? So those are probably be my picks. All those are pretty good picks. I think I started watching movies just like everyone else as a kid watching like, Animated. My Little Vampire. Yeah, My Little Vampire. What was that? Frank, 
Frankie Muniz movie? Uh, Miracle in Lane 2. <laughs> Something like that. I always talk about that movie for some reason. <laughs> but, like, I think it was during high school, my so- my sophomore science teacher, he showed me, uh, he played for the entire class 2001 A Space Odyssey. And that movie is insane. It's, like, one of my favorite movies because I've seen that. And I was like, you could do that with movies? It felt so real. I thought they were shooting in space. And then I found out it's a movie they made in, like, 68. And then I found out that... Uh, Stanley Kubrick move, uh, made it, and then I found more of his films, like The Shining and um, Barry Lyndon, and he does these crazy long takes, and he just slowly has the camera just creeping in or creeping out, like a lot of dolly-ins, and that's when I found out about, like, you know, camera angles and what things work. And another movie he, uh, he played for the entire class was uh, Money Python and the Holy Grail, and that's, like, one of the funniest nice. movies I've ever watched. Like, I know a lot of people don't like British comedies, especially this one, since it's really old. That movie always has me laughing. I rewatch it every year. It's one of the best movies I've seen. And I think after that, I just started getting into more, like, older films, like Hitch- Hitchcock and Kurosawa. I-, I think I need to start watching a little bit more Ingman Bergman movies. Yeah, so I think those are my picks. Um, I would pick probably this... Uh this movie called uncut <laughs> gems but no i'm just kidding um but <laughs> you know you can't run the podcast without mentioning uncut gems but um i think i would probably say the sandlot uh the sandlot's been around for all, as long as i can remember and i think that watching that and seeing how the characters interacted with each other and the on-screen chemistry of, uh, it just felt very real the story's very simple to the point and i just uh I don't know, it brought you back to a different time and fully immersed me as a kid. Um, and uh, I would probably also say that Indiana Jones, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think that there's a lot of cool practical effects and just, it's, it was just, it just looks bigger than life. Like, and even if you've gone to Disneyland as a kid and you feel like you're in the movie and that corresponds with you watching it on screen, it just makes it feel even more real. So uh, I would say just stuff like that. Yeah, when they chop that boulder at the parks, I feel like I'm there. I'm like, oh yeah. my god, we're about to get hit every time I, I kind of cringe <laughs> into the seat. Even though I know it's perfectly safe, I'm still like get a little nervous. All right, so we'll, we got another question from Santo Nino. Um, he wants to know your top three original soundtracks. We'll start with the, the guests. First. Yeah, we'll start with the same same thing. John, should I? Your first last time. <laughs> <laughs> uh Three top three soundtracks, ah, uh, man. We could do one or two since there's a lot of us. Yeah, we'll just do one each. One each. Oh, okay, dude, that's still hard. Uh, <laughs> um, rapid fire, go. Uh, bang, the bang, score bang. to the first Pirates of the Caribbean. Is that how it goes? Yeah. Okay. Pretty I haven't seen cool. it. Oh, kinda. <laughs> I do score or soundtrack. Yeah, or score. Sorry. No, I think score. Right. Whatever you want. Oh, you know what? Whatever. I think Both. either's fine. I yeah, mean, it all, it all plays throughout the movie, so. Nice. <laughs> it all comes on the double LP. It doesn't matter. Ah. Uh, gotcha. I'm going to say it because I bought the vinyl, but I'm going to go with Guardians. That one's pretty smooth. To just yeah, I agree. Too. It's like all the greatest hits. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ooh, I can stop yeah. dancing to this. Some uh-huh. of them are kind of underrated. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, Tyler. Um, I think uh, like if I'm going score, it'd have to be the last black man in San Francisco. 
Uh, I love that movie so much. It's probably, it's definitely in my top five favorite movies now. Um, but yeah, that one, it's just very powerful. Like the, uh, you can listen to it on its own and it's very good. Um, but watching it with the movie uh, just makes the movie that much more powerful. Um, but if I'm going soundtrack, it'd probably be American Graffiti. <laughs> uh, you took mine. <laughs> um, I go can't ahead, think Matt. of a soundtrack, but for score, I'd probably go with the Arrival score from uh, Johan Johansson. I think that's how you say his name. Oh, that's a good one. Um, Rest in peace. Yeah, very yeah. solid. Yeah. He's like... Rest in peace. He was definitely on the trajectory to be one of the next you know top dogs in in movie scores it's unfortunate what ended up happening to him so yeah okay michael uh, for soundtrack i have to go with for uh, wes anderson i don't know how this guy does it his his score his soundtracks yeah. are like everywhere and he knows what songs fit like in every movie especially with darjeeling because i just watched that movie and i'm just like man this guy's incredible he just comes out with like the weirdest songs that like fit the scene so well nowhere from like any generation any era Mm -hmm. and uh for score has to be john williams and star wars i was gonna pick that too i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) i'm surprised you didn't go with the edgar wright soundtrack i know but man wes anderson always surprises me all the time um, so your picks? <laughs> Toy Story One soundtrack. <laughs> Come see me. Uh, Randy Newman. Yeah, Randy Newman. Nice. So uh, we'll end it with our final question. So our our last question comes from Supercut. Um, what's your favorite horror movie? <laughs> no explanations. Just rapid fire. Bang, bang, bang. I'm gonna go with The Shining. Classic. Mm-hmm. Everyone. That's good. Uh, the first ring. Ooh, Japanese version? Yeah, Japanese version. Hey, there you go. That one scared the Tyler crap out of me. Uh, right now it's Hereditary, uh, but Ooh. of all time, probably Dead Alive. Matt. The thing. Oh, nice. Or Mandy. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, mine's uh, Shaun of the Dead. I love that movie. Favorite movie ever. <laughs> uh. That a horror movie? Yes, though? it's a horror <laughs> yeah, zombie uh, <laughs> comedy movie. I don't care what you say. No, I'm right okay, there with thank you. Thank you. The Little Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be like a running joke. <laughs> no one's ever seen that movie except for you and me in the theater. Nice. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can, I'm just going to go with Get Out. Yeah, it's a good one, too. Yeah, I think that's one of the first horror movies that I willingly watched. With Michael, I'm Sorry. not a horror person in any kind of way, so when he brought me in to watch this movie, I had no context at all. And I was kind of nervous, but it ended up being really cool. Yeah, that one's more of a thriller yeah. too. Like it's, it's light on the. Okay, horror. Christine. Oh, that's a hey. okay. Never mind. That's a good one. I'm not gonna go into a long story. I changed my mind. I want to say uh, it comes at night since no one talks about it. That's a good uh, movie. Yeah. It looks good, too. Changing minds, I changed mine, too. I, I'm going to change mine to the, uh, the Evil Dead, the 2013 remake. Oh, no. <laughs> Why? That was pretty cool. Uh, no, it's okay. Yeah, you're right. The first okay. few years I met John, we would, like, have, uh, like, movie nights at his house. And one night, he was like, yeah, guys, come over. We're going to watch The Evil Dead. And uh, we watched it. Couldn't sleep for, like, the next week. 
I was so terrified. <laughs> Jeez. Sleep with your little bear. Yeah, dude. Have you seen the original one? Tonight? Yeah, I've seen the original. The original one is like creepy in a sense, it's like, but it's like, like campy. Uh, the remix is just they they go all out with the uh, the practical uh, practical effects that you how you uh, mentioned earlier. My gosh, there were moments where I just had to look away. I'm sorry. It was just too. Much. Yeah, like the original was like more fun practical yeah. effects, yeah. and the the new ones like all yeah. real fun <laughs> practical <laughs> effects. So you're yeah. like, oh no, <laughs> they're cutting that chick's oh, tongue. Oh yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, that was rough. Uh, the bathroom scene kind of like. Did it for me. <laughs> you guys remember that? Oh, I wish I was there to hold your hand. <laughs> PTSD right now, guys. <laughs> Do you have any more uh, questions, Alex? No, but I want to change mine to Night of the Living Dead. Oh, nice. good one too. Ooh, good one. Any other any other changes? <laughs> well, <laughs> everybody locked in their horror movie pick. Okay, I think that's it, right? I should probably ask you too. Um, if you want to announce like what you're going to do now uh, that your movie's going to come out or when you expect to release it and with the whole coronavirus thing. Uh, we were originally going to have like a, a premiere at like Alamo, but that fell through because of coronavirus. So we're going to have like an online virtual block party on October 2nd oh, and yeah. we're going to release more information next week. But like we're going to have like musical performances, guest speakers, poetry and a couple other films, another one from the Bay Area, and two films from Brazil. So that's going to be on October 2nd online. So keep you guys all posted. Market calendars. Yep. Appreciate and, it. And where can we find more information about it to follow along? You could go to uh, com, or you could go to my Instagram, John Harrison SB, and it's uh, J O N Harrison SB. And uh, you can stay updated there. As well as maintaining quality content from the man himself. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little wild on there. Yeah. I just want to see uh, Shanite stories. I just want to see Shanite everywhere. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for, for some odd reason, if you want to see me, uh, stay tuned to John's stories. <laughs> Those are my favorite. I, I, I think a fool. And where else can we find you, Shanite? Uh, <clears throat> well... I'm only on IG right now, and my uh, IG name is uh, Shy Knight. It's all one word: S H uh, Y K N I G H T. Shy Knight. Um, um, well, school is about to start soon, so I have a feeling that's gonna take much of my time. But I plan on releasing some cool projects, hopefully in the future, if not soon. Um, it's just a matter of uh, you know shooting for it obviously and finding the time to do that but with school right around the corner i'm just gonna try and focus my time on that and whatever little time i have i'll try and like get some like art stuff out i guess but um in the meantime just know that it's like shooting for content yeah and i think i think now probably be a good time to like semi-announce it but we are planning on uh doing a second edition of palette uh, so if you did miss out on that yeah. uh, we're going to be printing some more uh hopefully sooner than later uh but we're just sourcing some of the some of the logistics of it and getting everything squared away but yeah we're we're hoping to print a second edition of palette uh be mostly the same but i think uh, maybe some bonus photos in that one yeah bonus photos maybe some new content i don't know we'll see <laughs> 
<laughs> Might have to like triple up on the orders this time. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to pump out a lot of those things. Yeah, maybe do a yeah. maybe do a special uh, Shanite palette sticker. Uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, <I'll... laughs> one yeah, with every uh, one with every yeah. zine. Mm-hmm. And, and for those who like reached out to me and uh, asked if they were still in production, uh, thank you for your patience, uh, patience, and thank you for your interest in the first place. But I'm gonna try and have uh, everyone have, who wants a copy can get a copy. So. Uh, thank you for y'all's support. So, All right. It's what keeps you going. Yeah, my first edition of the zine is still out there, so and they're dirt cheap, so you know <laughs> they're like they're like a quarter my, quarter each. Mind you, they're 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 four dollars less than Shanites was, so <laughs> <laughs> dirt cheap. Uh, All right, well, thanks Shanite and John for stopping by. Thanks for taking time to talk about my own mecca. Thanks for talking about photography. Um, anything you guys want to shout out before we end this? Shout out Central Valley. Shout out Bay Area. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Larry June, man. Woo! Uncle Larry. Yeah, Uncle Larry. If you guys don't know who Larry June is, y'all need to. Uh, I just want to say thank you for having us on here. Yeah. Showing love all the time. Mm-hmm. Love checking out your guys' letterbox as well. Yeah. And show love to the whole Bay Area, you know, everybody around the world supporting. Mm-hmm. So appreciate all you guys. Thanks for listening to episode five, and we'll see you in the next one. Be safe. Don't go outside. Wear your masks.